All right, today we have a first for this show. We have our first returning guest ever to Bird Noises, the 20th episode. It's only fitting that we have the funniest guest I've ever had on this show. We are joined by former Falcons receiver slash media personality slash analyst slash Mr. Twitter breakdown slash husband slash dad slash Mr. Harry Douglas. Harry, welcome. Welcome to Bird Noises. No problem at all. I'm glad to be returning and to be the first returning guest on Bird Noises. You were on episode eight today. It is episode 20. And uh, it seems like a lifetime ago that you and I were, <laughs> were doing this last year uh, in studio, in Flower yep. Branch. Lots changed. A I lot got... has changed. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, let me ask you one thing, because I ask everybody, and I asked you last time, do you still mm. love the name Bird Noises? Do I still love the name Bird Noises? Hmm, let's see here. Uh, I had a chance to watch the Goody Mob episode, so I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it to that extent, <laughs> but that was uh, definitely funny. But bird noises is cool. It okay. has its own distinctive thing to it. Listen, all right, you loved it last time. Yeah, you, that's you what I'm saying. You absolutely loved it. All right. Hey, we can't. We, we, can't we don't. We don't dwell in the past, though. You know what I mean? We're moving <laughs> forward. We're moving forward. All right. Yeah. You. So I take it you like the name uh, CeeLo, uh Wanted to name it. Yes. Yes, I love that name. With a capital L, as in love. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, listen, uh, you know, I tried getting a hold of you today, and you're in to talk to you before the show, and you're like, "Hey, I'm doing a hit in Charlotte, and doing uh, a hit in Nashville. I got L.A. I got New York. I'm kind of going to be doing something for Vegas, uh, but I'll squeeze you in for five at some point in between uh, my other uh, my my other obligations for I don't know what else you were doing, but you're a busy man." I am. I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm currently a media member. Um, I love it. I enjoy it so much. Last year, I know you were doing like stuff with ESPN and the reaction rankings, the yeah. rankings reaction, sorry, in Falcons radio network. What, and I, and I know you're doing stuff for Fox five too, with the yeah. uh, rise up tonight. So just, if you can just walk me through everything you're doing again. So far this year, um, I'm doing a pregame postgame halftime show for the Atlanta Falcons. I uh, do a show that I co-host with uh, Kelly Price on every that's Friday right. night. That's called Rise Up Tonight. So at 12 midnight every Friday night, you guys and ladies need to tune in and check that out. It's a cool show. I actually love it. Um, it's dear to my heart. And Did you know uh, I'm on it? <laughs> Did you know you I know, do I, a hit for it? I, I, I actually see you sometimes. <laughs> I, actually see <laughs> I, I have my one minute of fame, man. Good let me hold on to that, all right? Hey, listen, sometimes that's all you need, baby. You don't need an hour of fame. You just need your one of 30 seconds, two minutes of fame, and that's all you, you can get, baby. Get what you can get. I get one fifteen. Hey, beggars can't be choosers now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I rotate with Dave Archer every other week, so if anybody missed me, it's, it's understandable. <laughs> well, you're a busy man, and I know you're juggling a ton of stuff, as you just explained, and yep. you're dead. And you're doing so many other things. How is life in quarantine going with you? Well, life in quarantine for me was, uh, man, it actually started in March. Yeah. Um, and we just now, I think last week, allowed my daughter to go back to school. So that's been cool. But 
to have a four-year-old and a one-year-old at home for about six or seven months straight is it's definitely challenging but one thing i can actually say usually i would have been on the road traveling doing media stuff and, and things of that nature right but i actually got to spend a ton of time with my kids and when me and my wife we look back on it i literally have not been home that long probably since i was in high school wow so that was the good part about it. Um, I, I had a chance to let my chef skills come on out. A lot of people didn't know I can cook, but I actually can cook very well. And, and part of the reason why I wasn't doing so much of it is because I was always so busy yeah. with football, with media, doing things of that nature and such. So I had a chance to ex uh, showcase my talents on social nice. media in nice. the cooking department. I've seen some of those meals. I, I follow you on Instagram and stuff like that. So uh, I haven't been able to sample any and I can give you my address if you know you want to <laughs> do a uh, contactless delivery here. Um, it's fine. I, I'll take care of you at some point. I got you. <laughs> what would you say you. is your is your specialty dish? Doesn't matter. I can cook okay. whatever. The only seafood I eat is shrimp and I can okay. make anything uh, in the seafood department without even having to taste it. That's, that's called faith, believing in your abilities. <laughs> that is. And I know, you, I know you appreciate your wines too. Of course I do. I'm a wine guy. My favorite is Duckhorn Merlot. That's my number one. Wow. Okay. Yep. Well, maybe post-pandemic we'll, uh, we'll have to check this stuff out here. So I was going to ask you what the best thing to come out of the, the uh, pandemic, and it, you, just, you just did. You just told me about all the family time. That's awesome. I'm always um, one step ahead, Matt. I'm always one step ahead. I know. That's why we love you. I don't, if you, you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are listening to Bird Noises presented by Bose in Atlanta Falcons podcast about football and mostly everything else. And we are sitting here talking to former Falcons receiver, Harry Douglas. Um, so Harry, you know, you, we talked a little bit about how the pandemic has kind of hit you and and it's changed all our lives like that. And, and you being a former player and you being so connected to and having so many relationships with players, ex-players, coaches, and teams, and the Falcons, I know you're not playing well, right now. Because you add GM, owners. Can yes. you add all of that into it? Okay. I, if, I, you, if you're going to say it, say, say everything. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Okay. And, and owners and GMs and Thank team you. presidents. Thank you. So you are well-connected is the point. Um, <laughs> and you played. And that's where I'm really getting at. And so, you know, when you think about the pandemic and the players and the challenges that they're going through with the daily testing, yeah. the safety precautions, the guidelines, no preseason games, online meetings, virtual meetings, you know, before camp, training camp was way different. Um, playing in empty stadiums with games being postponed now, moved at a moment's notice. When you think of that, and it goes on and on and on, how difficult do you think this would be? Or, or do you, when you talk to players, is it from the player's perspective? Um, it's definitely different um, because as a player, you're so used to a routine. You're used to doing certain things every day, every week, and you have that balance, but you have that structure, and that's part of your MO uh, to have a success in the NFL and any sport that you actually play. So when you throw in the daily tests, things might get thrown off hand there. 
you see we we've had a, a halt in, in some games and games being postponed and mm-hmm. and that whole debacle and you have to deal with that uh the night before games and now it's going to be the day of games the nfl i think just announced they're going to start testing players and personnel uh the day of games the morning of so when you have to deal with those things it's it's, it's difficult it's difficult but i always say um, especially when the pandemic started hitting, I started telling everyone, and because I, I heard a lot of people saying, hey, I can't wait till we get back to our normal life. Listen, there's no such thing anymore. This is life now. Mm. So you, you have to normalize yourself into the world today and adapt to what's going on. Yeah, those are great points, uh, Harry. And, you know, when you look at like the first four or five games of the season now, um, there's some developing trends, some good, some not so good. Uh, you look at the, the alarming amount of injuries, and I don't know how much that has to do with no preseason games. And then all of these high-scoring games, too. Um, you know, you can say that the, the offenses have an advantage, maybe, uh, with the empty stadiums, or is it more, you know, what, what, what do you think as a former, as a, as a receiver, uh, you know, when you look at these scores and you look at what's happening to some of these defenses, what do you, what's your take on it? Well, I'll start with the injuries, man. I think um, not being able to have the normalcy mm-hmm. and having the no preseason games, training camp, not really being uh, what players are accustomed and used to. I think that played a big part in injuries. And I remember we went through a week where it was just ACL after ACL after ACL. I've been through that ACL. I don't wish an ACL injury on my worst enemy. But you see all these nicks and bruises, these soft tissue issues, and it's because yeah. the, the body is not familiar um, with, what it, with, with, what the, with what it's used to mm. when, when you're starting a season. And, and that's having training camp. That's having the joint practices, practices that you normally have against other teams. That's the preseason games where your body can get adjusted to being contacted and, and – and, you working your leverage versus another guy's leverage and getting that natural lean in a, in a football game. So I, I think, I think the lack of uh, normalcy has played a, a big part in the injuries. And as far as the offenses, a lot of high scoring games, I think the offenses are just ahead. The defenses didn't have a, a all season to really prepare for certain things that, that they may see offense, offense, offensively. And I think it's, it's, it's hurting these defenses, but I also think it plays a part in the NFL tailoring the rules towards the offense also, because nowadays it's, it's just, it makes me so damn sick to see that you have these targeting calls, these penalties, this, this, this defenseless receivers and just play the game of football, man. The game of football is made to be contacted, but at the same time, players have to adapt because those are the rules and, and I don't think they're going to change them anytime soon. So you have to adapt to it. I love the fact that you're a receiver and you're saying that, by the way, I agree with you hundred percent. Um, but yeah, it's the, yeah, that's interesting too. I was going to ask you though, if you thought that, you know, when, you know, you look at this past Sunday or, or just any game right now, yeah, I know on TV, it has the, the crowd noise pumped in, but when guys are at the, at the line of scrimmage and there's no crowd noises and they need to change a play, um, you know, it's pretty easy to do, right? It's definitely pretty easy. And if defenses studied film and were a lot more smarter, you would understand a lot of things that's going on on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, now, so it honestly, works both ways, you're saying? Yeah, it works okay. both ways. And, okay. and 
sometimes you may have an offense because you can't hear everything, may signal everything or go to the silent count and things of that nature. You have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who may use the, the, the snap count to his advantage, uh, as, as we've seen him do so much this year. Uh, but fans bring a different dimension to the game of football. Uh, players love next. fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love fans in the stadium, in the stands, in the stadiums. Uh, fans love being there, and they're there. They're loud. They're, they're harassing the opponent. So the lack of fans is – I won't say it's hurting the game of football right now, but you can truly say the fans have been missed. Yeah, the energy they bring, right? Oh, yeah. If you ever played, I, now you know I'm nothing. I'm not uh, taking a knock here, Jonesboro High School or anything, but uh, no, no, it, it's okay. It's okay. But, you know, I'm sure. But I mean, do you ever recall playing in an empty stadium in high school, college, and anywhere? You see how I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> hey, I gotta ask the questions, man. These are tough questions. Can, can you see my eyes? roll them <laughs> well hey i know you had your big white out and your black out at louisville <laughs> you know my west virginia mountaineers were the victim of one of those one night uh you better believe it you better believe <laughs> it uh i still am smart over that one but uh you know tons but, but of energy, i'll tell you i'll tell you this i'll missing. tell you this matt so um what a lot of people ask me uh would it be different for players um before the season started, I told them no because of this. You practice every day without fans. Sure, right. The only times you actually ha- you actually have fans out there is when you play the football game. So it's not a it's not much of a difference for players or an adjustment for players. It's just that players do love the fans being there um, in the atmosphere, making a lot of noise. Yeah. Plus, these guys are co- such competitors, right? I mean, when you're okay. out there on the field and you're lined up on a DB and he wants to shut you down and you want to just break his ankles. Right. I mean, the competitor in you is going to bring out the best in you. Yes. Look at you. You trying to get somewhere. I don't know what you trying to get right now, but you trying to bring that fire out of me because you know, I'm a passionate guy every about day the game of football. Well, I know you're passionate and uh, I know you played here with the Falcons and I know you've been through some ups and downs as a player. Uh, your tenure here, uh, with the Falcons yep. was uh, 20, 2008 to 14. And it was with Mike Smith the entire time. And then you played in Tennessee for yep. 2015, 2016, 2017. You actually went through, when you, when you talk about some of these ups and downs, you had a four and 12 and a six and 10 season here in Atlanta at the end. But the the first part of your, your tenure here in Atlanta, you guys were pretty good record wise too. And then, in Tennessee, though, you guys, you actually went through what this team's going through, a coaching change. You guys went from Ken Wiesenhunt to uh, Mr. Malarkey, Mike Malarkey. What was that like from a player's perspective? Walk us through, uh, ooh. you know, the feelings you have. Well, at first, when it, when it, when it happened, uh, it was a little weird uh, because I have never experienced that before in my life. Um, here in Atlanta, we, we did things so good and, and so well, and we had that stability that I didn't have to go through that actually through, throughout a season. But the thing that made it easier for me is that the fact that the guy who was my offensive coordinator for a lot of years became the head coach. And I knew his mindset and what he wanted to accomplish. He wanted to change the culture there in Nashville, and he did that. Now, I will say this. Uh, when things like that transpire, everybody is under a microscope. 
players, the way they walk into the building, the way they study, the way they take notes, the way they practice, the way they eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, everything is under a microscope. And from a coach's perspective, hmm. they are also because they're basically auditioning for other jobs if they happen to not be there the following year. So everything is being watched. So uh, one of the things I know, I never forget this. Sylvester Kroon was our running backs coach. And Sean Jefferson, they came to me one day. They was like, man, keep doing what you're doing so you can show these young kids the way and how to approach things. I never let it affect me. My approach was the same. I came to work every day. I took mm -hmm. notes. Even though I knew the offense, I took notes of this, as if it was my first day there. I was running after the ball in practice, following the ball carrier 15, 20, 30 yards down the field, and just going hard, man, because – that was just my MO and that was me, period. Mm -hmm. So if I have one message to to players now here in Atlanta is is don't don't let your guard down. Right now, everybody's under the microscope. It doesn't matter if you're the highest paid player, if you're the lowest paid play, play, play player, everyone is under the microscope right now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, th they have the pressure. You know, you talk about this team, any team, every Sunday, you you have to go out. It's a performance-based league yeah. it's a, and you have to win games. And, uh, you know, I was just curious, you know, having gone through that, if you, if you, you do go into like a self-preservation mode, or if you feel, are there guys that feel like, Hey, maybe I have a clean slate now, or Hey, or is it just business as usual? You're pro, you do your thing. And, or is it, you know, it, like you said, the microscope's on, you feel like you're auditioning, that kind of thing. It's really fascinating, but it's, it's one of the things that, you know, the new coach, the interim coach is going to have to bring everybody together and get that focus there. And I mean, the Falcons got, uh, you know, a great guy in Raheem Morris who, um, you know, he knows both sides of the ball and he's a, he knows he's got his finger on the heartbeat of this team. And, uh, I, you know, I hope he does well. Definitely a guy I have the most respect for. Um, very knowledgeable of the game. Players respect him 100%. I think that's another reason why Mr. Blank made that decision. Mm -hmm. And whenever you can have a guy, first of all, he was already a head coach. He's coached a lot of uh, big-time players in this league. But whenever mm -hmm. you have a guy who can go from offense, I mean, go from defense to the offensive side of the ball, and then in the middle of the year go back to the defensive side of the ball, um, that's a lot to be said because not, not everyone can do that. And I know Raheem, he puts the work in, he puts the, uh, the, the time in, and he has that connection with the players 100%, and they respect him. Yeah. And, and – that, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, they've got uh, 11 games to go, and uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's not like it's just like a, a two-game, three-game deal here. And exactly. so, uh, and so he's, he's going to have a chance to really make an impact, and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of football left to play. Yep. So that's where I kind of want to wrap this up with you. When you look at this team, Harry Douglas – what is the one thing when you look at this Falcons 2020 team, I know the expectations coming in, we know what is on this roster, but what is the one thing when you look at this team that you say to yourself, Hey, in, 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 you know, as a Falcons fan, you know, they want to hear this from you, but like when a team goes through a major transition like this, what is the one thing that you think gives fan, Falcons fans the most hope or what, what is the one thing that when you look at this team that makes you feel good about this team? I will say you, you still, when you watch these games and a few of the losses that they did have, they were actually up big in those games. 
And you have guys on this team who can actually play the game of football and have a lot of, they have a lot of promise. And when you have a roster that has a lot of promise, now I do believe that the guys need to be more detail oriented. Um, the small things, the little things, because the little things and the details turn into big things. And we've seen what's, 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 what transpired because of those details and little things. Uh, I won't say not being at the forefront, but guys not executing those details mm -hmm. and little things to correct in the correct manner. But I say going forward, man, listen, you're in the city of Atlanta. You mm -hmm. have a great owner. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a, a coach right now, Raheem Morris, who I believe in 100%. And you have players at certain certain positions that can get you where you need to be. And when you have those things, then I think they're be they're they're, they're going to be okay. They're going to be yeah. Right. This this talent is not. I'm sorry. This roster is not devoid of talent. There are guys that are very very good on this roster, and uh, uh, and I'm gonna cut you off. Unlike unlike you have teams in the NFL right now. Like, yeah, uh, there are teams out there right now who don't have guys, period, on their roster. Now, when you look at this Atlanta Falcons roster, they have guys everywhere and you have players that you can build off of. And that, that's a that's a major promise. That's a great point and a great place to end this. And uh, I, I know you're a busy, busy man. And uh, <laughs> I'm so, uh, so glad that you took uh, 20, 30 minutes out of your, your day here to uh, squeeze in a little time on bird noises. Because uh, we know just how much you love being here. Exactly. And I, I'm pretty sure you were waiting on me at some point to do the bird noise. I've been waiting and, for the last. No, 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 no. See, I, I, listen, this is a new year, okay? Listen, I've matured even more within that year and time frame, okay? Yeah, well, I like the wild and crazy, Harry. Well, sometimes the wild and crazy Harry needs to be packed up. Okay. okay. All right. All right. There we go. <laughs> Harry, always good to see you, man. You too, bud.